Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 19th. Today we're going to continue in Doctrine and Covenants 52 for just one verse and then we'll jump over to 53, but we're going to be continuing in this block today. So in section 52, if you'll remember, this section is being given to the elders of the church and one by one they're kind of each being called to go to Missouri to meet in this conference of elders and to preach the gospel along the way. Here in verse 40, it says something so important to remember. And it's interesting because we talked about this about a month ago, the same principle. But I think it's important to re-emphasize because this is a principle that shows up over and over and over again throughout the scriptures. And I think sometimes we underestimate the value or the importance of this principle. So in Doctrine and Covenants section 52, verse 40, it says, And remember in all things the poor and the needy, the sick and the afflicted. For he that doth not these things, the same is not my disciple. So in all things, in everything that we're doing, we are supposed to be remembering the poor and the needy, the sick and the afflicted. Our concern should be taking care of other people. Now, again, we talked about this about a month ago, but I want to cross-reference this to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, the Savior is teaching some parables to his disciples. And one of the classic parables that he teaches is found in verses 35 through 40. He says, For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw thee we sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So those are the verses that we're most familiar with when it comes to this parable. But I think sometimes in our zeal to read those really important, really beautiful verses, we kind of skip over the questions that led to that teaching. Most of the time when we're in the scriptures, if we want to understand a teaching, all we have to do is ask ourselves, well, what was the circumstance? What was the question that led to that? And it helps us understand it even more. Here in Matthew 25, the Lord is teaching about the second coming. He's teaching about the judgment. And he says, starting in verse 32, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So in that last day, he's gathering all the nations together. And he's going to be dividing. There's going to be a judgment here at this time. The sheep he's going to place on his right hand and the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. So not only is this a separation, not only is this a division of the sheep and the goats on the right hand and the left, But those who are on the right hand are those who are going to be worthy to enter into his presence. Those who are going to be worthy to dwell with him forever. 
That's why verses 35 through 40 are so important to understand. It's not just something beautiful that we should strive to do. 35 through 40, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and the imprisoned. Those are the things that separate us. Those are the things that allow us to be on his right hand and allow us to be with him forever. Not because of a score sheet, not because we've checked off a certain amount of good deeds, but because doing those good deeds, fully consecrating our hearts and our souls, our goods and our time, seeing those needs and reaching inside of ourselves to fill them, those things change who we are. When we serve in that way, when we serve out of selfless love for no other reason than because we love God and we love our fellow man, our hearts are changed and we become celestial. So again, in section 52, in verse 40, when it says that those who remember the poor and the needy, the sick and the afflicted are his disciples, truly it means the people who do those things are those who have had their hearts changed who don't just profess to believe in Christ, but who put all their efforts towards becoming like him. Elder Worthland once said, What quality defines us best as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I would answer, We are a people who love the Lord with all our hearts, souls, and minds, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. That is our signature as a people. It is like a beacon to the world signaling whose disciples we are. At the final day, the Savior will not ask about the nature of our callings. He will not inquire about our material possessions or fame. He will ask if we ministered to the sick, gave food and drink to the hungry, visited those in prison, or gave succor to the weak. When we reach out to assist the least of Heavenly Father's children, we do it unto Him. That is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doing those things Becoming more like the Savior gives us the ability to accomplish something that we're commanded to do in section 53. In section 53, verse 2, it says, Behold, I, the Lord, who was crucified for the sins of the world, give unto you a commandment that you shall forsake the world. A commandment that we are to forsake the world. What better way can we do that than to forsake the way the world views other people? To forsake the way the world looks on others to judge. We can forsake the world as we love, not as the world loves, but as we learn to love as Christ loves. The Savior once said to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. But my friends, if we are to follow Christ, then we are to do all that he has done. We're not going to be perfect in this life, but just as he overcame the world, we can strive every single day to overcome the world, to love and to do as he does, not as the world does. Several years ago, the General Young Women's President, Sister Nadal, said, speaking to women of the church, but I think it applies to everyone, she said, women of God can never be like women of the world. The world has enough women who are tough. We need women who are tender. There are enough women who are coarse. We need women who are kind. There are enough women who are rude. We need women who are refined. We have enough women of fame and fortune. We need more women of faith. We have enough greed. We need more goodness. We have enough vanity. We need more virtue. We have enough popularity. We need more purity. 
Now I'm going to go through those words, those virtues that she's telling us that we should take upon ourselves. Who does it sound like? Tender, kind, refined, faithful, good, virtuous, and pure. If those are not attributes of the Savior, I don't know what is. So in order to leave the world behind, to forsake the world, we have to turn all our efforts to the Savior, to becoming his disciple, not just in our words, but in our deeds, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, leaving behind the values of the world for the virtues of Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.